Hello, Patriots, and welcome again to Patriot Point Radio. I am your host, Lee Watts. Well, let's start off. We've got some great news for you. We've been reporting here the last several months how Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir has been violating the law by refusing to renew the contract with an organization called Sunrise Children's Services, which is Kentucky's oldest adoption and foster care agency. And Andy Bashir was refusing to renew the contract with them because of their religious beliefs, their biblical principles. Even though the state budget specifically requires that he will renew the contract with these people for their religious liberty reasons. And he was in defiance of that law. Well, the United States Supreme Court just handled a case almost exactly like this over, I think it was in Virginia. And the United States Supreme Court said that you must protect these people's religious liberty to run their business as they see fit. And so because of the Kentucky law, which was passed, saying that you will do this, uh, and because the United States Supreme Court has just ruled in this type case, uh, Andy Bashir has now gone ahead and obeyed the law because basically he had no other option but to do it. Now, it's crazy that you have to get the United States Supreme Court in to actually uh, force the governor to obey the laws that the state legislature has passed, but that's the kind of governor that we have right now who doesn't really care about what laws have been passed um, and really has just been out of control. But some good news about Sunrise Children's Services, uh, the Adoption and Foster Care Agency, they will be able to continue to do business and have been able to have their religious liberties protected. Now, that leads over to the next thing we want to talk about now, and that is the Kentucky State Legislature. Uh, The state legislature, according to the Kentucky Constitution, will only meet for 60 working days, like this coming year, and those days are all bunched up near the beginning of the year. And by the time you take off for holidays and weekends, uh, it basically takes them through about April. So you have all of their working days at the beginning of the year, and for the entire rest of the year, then, you have a governor which really doesn't have to answer too much to the state legislature. We've seen this past year, the legislature passed laws saying, Governor, you're not allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do that. But as an example with the Sunrise Children's Services, they specifically said this will be done, and he just ignored the legislature. So what can we do to make sure that the Kentucky legislative branch of government is able to have a say throughout the year? But we don't want to have them to be in session 365 days a year. So here's what I propose to be a way to have better government, to help rein in a governor, allow the legislative branch to have influence, and yet at the same time not have these uh, 365-day legislative session. What we need to do is to follow a biblical principle Let me give you the story here. In the book of 1 Kings, you have King Solomon. He is in charge of the government, and he wants some work done for the state. What he wanted done was he wanted the temple to be built. Uh, And so he gets a bunch of workers that he's going to recruit to do this, but he's not going to make these people work for months and months and months on end. Instead, notice what he does. This, I want to read for you now, uh, just two verses. This is 1 Kings Chapter number 5, verses 13 and 14. Notice what the Bible says. 
And King Solomon raised a levy out of all Israel, and the levy was 30,000 men. And he sent them to Laban, 10,000 a month by courses, a month they were in uh, Lebanon, and two months at home. And Adoram was over the levy. Now, let me explain what we have right here. So King Solomon is contracted with this guy uh, to actually do the work over there in Lebanon. So he's like, I want to have 30,000 people who are going to do this work. I'm going to send you to go for one month to do the work, and then you're going to be two months at home, and then you're going to come back and work for one month. And they just kept repeating this process, 10,000 at a time, until the entire work for the state was accomplished. Now, he didn't make the, every, all the workers stay there and just work straight through the whole time. Why? Well, that would make them be away from their families, to be away from their, uh, if they ran a, a shop, or if they ran, uh, if they had a farm, that they were taking care of their crops. Uh, it would have destroyed all of that if they were away for months and months. So he said, you go work for one month, you're home for two, you go back for one. Now, how can we apply this to Kentucky to solve our problems of having a runaway governor, uh, but you don't want to have a full-time legislature? Let's follow this biblical principle. Right now, the Kentucky General Assembly comes in for 60 working days a year. What if, instead of having that all of those days bunched up For basically the first quarter of the year, where these people are far away from their homes, from their families, from their businesses, which all of those things suffer because of the amount of time that is taken up, what if instead we follow this biblical principle and say, okay, how about the legislature comes in for five working days a month, five consecutive days, say whether it's Monday through Friday, pick the week that you want to work, say the first full week of each month. I'm not real particular which week, just the principle in general. So they would work five working days a month. Well, there's 12 months. Five times 12 is guess how much? 60 working days, which is exactly the number of working days they have right now. But if you ever had a governor who is trying to abuse their power and to circumvent the laws and restrictions that are placed upon government by the legislative branch, the legislature wouldn't have to wait almost a full year before they were allowed to take action to correct that. They would never be more than three weeks away from coming back into session again to handle any emergency situations. Which brings up this idea of emergency sessions. Sometimes over the course of the years, there's been something happened in the middle of the year and the governor will have to call an emergency session to deal with whatever is the crisis that has popped up. Well, you would never have to have an emergency session again because you are never more than three weeks away from being in session anyway. This has another benefit. Like this year, there was approximately 900 bills that were written during the first quarter of the year when the legislators were doing session. 900 bills! And some of them are just scores and scores of pages long. A few of them are more than 100 pages long. That is way more than any person can read through and process and hear from their people and be able to cast a a, a decisive vote knowing all the issues about this. 
instead of squishing this all together and 60 days packed together, if we had spread that out throughout the year, it would really slow down the process. It would allow the legislators to be able to actually read each one of the bills, to be able to be home for three weeks, to hear from their constituents, to say, well, what do the people think about whatever this bill of the day is and we wouldn't i've seen it happen many times there the legislature in the last few days of the session they're like well i didn't have time to read this bill and they just put it on my desk and they tell me it's good so i'm going to vote for it even though i haven't read it this would always give the legislators time to read it because now you've got a month to read that thing and it wouldn't have them being in session for any more working days than they are now. So I think it would be a great way to apply a biblical principle to Kentucky government. And the more that we follow biblical principles, the better that it's going to be. So that's a bit of, I think, some good news, that we something that could be done. It would require the legislature to change uh, the Constitution and put that for a vote of the people, but I think that would be a positive thing for our state. And some good news there about uh, Sunrise Children's Services. That should make you happy. They say money can't buy happiness. Well, that's true, but money can buy bacon. And basically, that's the same thing in my book. Let me tell you something else that's going to make you happy right now. I'm seeing here in the news that Arizona, the Arizona State Senate, has been conducting an audit and hearing reports about the presidential election this past year. And this past week, they have come out with a report in the Arizona State Senate that they have found 74,000 mail-in ballots that were never requested. Now, let me give you a little reminder here. The way a mail-in ballot works is if somebody wants a mail-in ballot, they have to request one to be sent to them. And a record is kept of everybody who requested one. They do that same process here in Kentucky. Well, they have found there were 74,000 mail-in ballots that were counted that there is no record of anybody in the entire state ever requesting. They just showed up. Remember, Biden only won Arizona by 10,000 votes, and they have 74,000 votes that they're like, hey, nobody should have ever cast these because nobody ever asked for them. And because of this and other irregularities and out-and-out fraud that cannot be denied anymore, we now have members of the Arizona State Senate have proposed a measure to decertify their electors, which means if this goes through, which has been proposed in the Arizona State Senate, they would reverse their votes from Biden and change them to Trump. And we are seeing these same investigations going on in, in other states with similar results. I mean, it is quite literal that these states will say, we are switching our official votes. And then what's going to happen that would clear a path to maybe reinstate President Trump? Something key to remember in all of this is President Trump never conceded the election. He vacated the office, but he never conceded the election. He never said that Biden won. Personally, I don't think that Biden won. And now the states are starting to prove that one by one should be an interesting year 2021. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about the different uh, parties and who's got some numbers. Let's talk about counting numbers. Here in Kentucky, uh, let's talk about the number of Democrat and Republican voters that we have. Let's go from the day that Andy Bashir was inaugurated as governor. The Democratic Party, since the day Andy Bashir became governor, has lost 31,935 registered voters. Did you <laughs> comprehend that? They have not added one voter at all for the entire state overall between people who register and people who switch their party registration from Democrat to any other party. Overall, because Andy Bashir has been governor, the Democratic Party has lost 31,935 registered voters. Well, let's think, are, are the Republicans, are they doing any better? Is everybody going to the Green Party or whatever? Uh, actually, no, the Republican Party has added some people. They have added a measly 107,154 new voters. Wow. That means that not. it's likely to see that the 31,000 that left the Democrats, you can see the Republicans added more than three times that many. Uh, I, I dare say that in the next election, which will be this coming year, Kentucky doesn't have any elections this November, but we will next November, that we are about to see a massive red wave. And that's even more than we saw this last year. And that was amazing. Uh, and we're already seeing several candidates who are filing for different offices, um, and we're going to be keeping track of some of those uh, on the state level, give you some of the information on who's standing on what positions, uh, and it should be an interesting season. We have about a year and a half before our next elections. If you are not registered to vote, now is the time to do that. You can go to the your county clerk's office. You can go to the Secretary of State's website, and it is very easy to register if you never have or if you've moved and need to update that. If a lady, like a lady got married, you changed your name, you need to update that. Or if you, like the numbers I just read, would like to change your voter registration from any party to any other party, now is the time to do that. This all must be done no later than 30 days prior to any election. And with everything going on, do it now where it's nice and early so you make sure that you are registered for the party that stands for the principles that you stand for. And until next week, I'm Lee Watts for Patriot Point Radio, encouraging you to be informed, be involved, be armed, and let freedom ring. <laughs>